I'm very pretty laid back and like for the most part very calm. But whenever I put on the hat and I get on the mound, you can become a different person. And uh, the confidence is is key, and I think it can come in the form of a hat sometimes. Here is Josh Engler from Mount Vernon, Missouri. Comes set and fires, swing and a miss, and there it is. Josh Engler has now set the single season record. Four strikeouts in the Grip and Rip Baseball League, 44 of them. Burger Bites is recorded on location in Ozark, Missouri and presented on Anchor. The views expressed on Burger Bites are not necessarily those of the staff and ownership of the Grip and Rip Baseball League. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Most Valuable Podcast. I'm Rance Berger, and my guest is the 2021 Most Valuable Player of the Grip and Rip Baseball League, Republic Locos pitcher, shortstop, and left fielder Josh Engler. He played high school baseball in Mount Vernon, Missouri, but now lives a few miles to the south on Highway 39 in the hound dog country of Aurora. His fastball, slider, and changeup are responsible for both the single game and the single season strikeout records in the GRBL. But to really get to know Josh Engler, we started by talking about his family. He's the MVP, the strikeout king, and a two-time All-Star. But he'll be the first to tell you the most cherished title he's earned is that of being Ivy's dad. So she's four. She's going to be five in May. We're about a month away. So okay. get all that ready to go. She's uh, she's getting big on me, that's for sure. <laughs> she, she big enough to figure out who's really in charge in the household? Yeah, she already knows. It's her and her mom. Yeah, she knows how the dynamics work already. So, what yeah. kind of stuff is she into right now? So we just got her into volley tots. So last night was her first night in Apex in Springfield. She got to do it, and so she she learned how to pass and do some stuff right now. So volleyball is definitely her thing. My wife is the uh, JV coach at Aurora, so she's she lives and breathes uh, volleyball right now. I was going to ask, just a, you know, a child of two college athletes, I figure it, it had to be a matter of time before little Ivy was pursuing some athletic endeavors. Yeah, exactly. I told my wife when we were watching her that uh, this could be, you know, when they split her up, if they asked her for if she was right or left-handed, this could be the one opportunity that, you know, it's, it's going to draw a line in the sand. And uh, she chose left-handed, by the way, which is good. <laughs> All right. I mean, you can always be ambidextrous as well. So. Exactly. That's right. That's cool. You you being married to a high school coach, you know, throughout my career, yeah. I've I've gotten a lot of perspective from coaches' wives or in baseball managers' wives. But what is mm-hmm. it like being a coach's husband? Oh my gosh! Sometimes you um, you, you, sometimes you feel like you're you're the player from time to time. You know, it's 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 fun. I enjoy it, and it's fun to get to watch her do what she likes to do because. She has to put up with me working a lot and and and, and coming to uh, watch the games in the in the baseball league. So it's a good lesson, and I really like volleyball too. So that it's fun for me to go watch. Yes, yeah, so when you go watch Ashland coach, do you ever have to turn off your ears while you're in the stands? <laughs> a couple of times. Now that she's the uh, the assistant coach, it's not quite as bad. A couple of years ago, she was the head, and uh, you could hear it. Yeah, you had to you had to be very. Uh, Selective with your hearing at times. 
no, you're a Mount Vernon guy. She's an Aurora girl. That's that's oh, yeah. got to be interesting. I mean, that that is the Bell Bowl rivalry just uh, lived out every day in your household. Yeah, yeah. So that was like really a big deal when we first started getting together. But uh, her little brother Billy was uh very active in high school sports in aurora too so i'd say i've actually probably spent more time rooting for aurora than i have my own mount vernon uh, team so it's not too bad these days we've grown out of the rivalry and then just i know a little bit just from looking at your social media and then uh ashland's social media as well um ivy is a type one diabetic she is Um, how early on in her life did you guys figure out that was going on so she was diagnosed when she was uh, 15 months. So it was pretty early on that we figured that out, which was a challenge. But uh, I'll say it was probably good that she was uh, diagnosed so young because uh, it kind of just was part of her routine. And it's something that she's just grown off of where, you know, we have family members who die were diagnosed later on in life. You spend your whole life drinking pop and eating candy bars. And then all of a sudden you have to like, change your whole routine it's a it's a big difference so in a way it's a blessing that uh she got it so young so she's a stud it's become routine for you now but you know was there an adjustment period or some times where you and ashlyn really had to change some things yeah absolutely it was really kind of soft guard when she first got diagnosed so we uh we didn't know anything about it We, we just like plugged away for probably all night we didn't sleep you know just trying to learn as much as we can about type one and how to handle it. And luckily we had some people in our church and uh, within our family that uh, we could rely on and talk to about it. And uh, it really helped. I had a cousin who was diagnosed at a very young age as well. I think she was at like 17 months. So it was just good to, to have a family and, and group or community to rely on really helped us out a lot. And with her being almost five now, does she have a grasp? Does she kind of know what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, so actually Volley Tots, she uh, had some girls that were uh, asking about her robot. She wears a uh, CGM, which she normally wears on her arms so everybody can see it for the most part. She knows what's going on. She's learning to reading her numbers really well. I think that's one thing with her diabetes. She gets to learn about the numbers and recognizes what they are on her stuff now. And so she's getting a lot better at handling it. have no doubt she's going to go on to inspire some people. That's that's really cool. All right, so let's let's throw it way back into the glory days for Josh Engler. Uh, what were you like as a high school athlete in beautiful Mount Vernon, Missouri? Mount Vernon was when I first started really getting into sports. Like I I played baseball most of my life, but uh, I started playing basketball in fifth grade, and then in sixth grade I moved to Mount Vernon. And so we um, spent a lot of time just grinding away and like learning from trial by error, you know. That was the biggest thing with me was I, I learned a lot by doing it the wrong way. And and I learned by the copycatting. I had a couple of good, really good teammates on my team. I get to learn a good work work ethic from people on my high school team, but then going out and playing on like an American Legion team or going to see how other people play was how I really learned. It wasn't I didn't learn the best by just like a coach telling me how to do something. I learned so much better by going out. And that's what I like about the league is it's like you get to go talk with like Caleb and see how he did things. Or you can go and talk with uh, Cole Rower and figure out. I just like to see the different perspectives. And that's how I learned growing up. Now, were you always a a taller kid who got pushed toward being a basketball player? (laughs) Yeah. So I was about the same height I am now, but about a buck 40. So I was just... uh, 
I was just uh, really thin and, you know, I was shy away football just because of that reason. But um, basketball was definitely, I really loved playing basketball. I just loved that you could, that's one bad thing about baseball is someone hits a home run off of you. You've got to wait until they come back up again and hope that it's the right situation, that you can do something about it or strike them out. Basketball was the, was actually a, a draw for me. I really wanted to try to pursue it a little bit, but I just knew that baseball was kind of always my route to going to school and what I really liked to do the best. How About how old were you, do you think, when baseball started to get a little bit more serious and, and you started contemplating, hey, maybe I can play beyond high school? So I just got kind of lucky. One of my coaches when I was really young in City League was Jeff Mays, and he was is part of the Sedalia Bombers now. And uh, he kind of got me into it, and I started playing at more of the competitive level. And about whenever I was in getting into high school, we had a really good group of guys that were from the local area. We had Tyler Abner that went and played at Drury. We had me. We had a bunch of really good players from the local area. About that time, I realized that these guys are going somewhere. So if I can just kind of ride on their coattails and learn how they were doing things. So I'd say probably my freshman year was when I was really, I noticed I had a taller frame and I could throw. About my freshman year was when I really wanted to start pursuing stuff. And you mentioned American Legion. Was that your your summer ball, like to, yeah. to supplement high school baseball? Yeah. So I didn't do the 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 super competitive, you know, nationals. Like I said, I was just lucky. A lot of uh, the grade older than me was very good, and I uh, just had a good group of guys and a friendship with them. And so, you know, we would go to some tournaments and being a small American Legion team from Miller and beat some of these big, big teams out of St. Louis. And I, I loved playing American Legion. It was fun to just play with a good group of guys, play baseball, be relaxed and kind of unwind, honestly, from that super competitive spirit you have and whenever you're playing in season. So, you know, and being a, a collection of guys from some different small towns, you know, did you kind of take it upon yourselves to uh, represent your part of the country yeah. going against those those teams from the bigger cities? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. And I think that's something that like you carry with you when you go to college. Like when I was at Missouri Southern, we had a couple guys on the pitching staff that were from super small towns. I mean, they graduated with a class of like 12 people in Kansas, but when a Juco route and ended up, you know, I think that's something that you carry with you. You want to, you know, everybody kind of takes that for granted. I think the American Legion program and then these Springfield areas are bringing a lot of the small town kids in and it's getting a lot more awareness and baseball for it. And I think it's really good. Like Aurora, I just came from the Aurora baseball game today. They've had some studs going through there. Wyatt Sparks, Gage Singer, and a bunch more. Matt Miller's at Missouri Southern right now. He's tearing it up. So it's good to see that coverage, I think. So I know you got your college career started at Evangel, but you know what What were your options? And it, you know, at, at what point did you kind of figure out that's where you were going to end up? I actually signed out of high school with Crowder. Yeah. So I went to, I signed up going to Crowder and I really was trying to go that route of go for a year or two, maybe see if I could get drafted. And then I went there and it just, the Juco route wasn't for me. I think it definitely is a route for certain players and certain types of players, but uh, it just wasn't for me. I didn't like that mentality of it. It just wasn't for me. So I transferred to Evangel and I went there for two years. SBU was an option 
whenever I was in high school too. But um, the idea of Crowder was good for me, but going to Evangel fit me so much better. I could work into the, um, I think the, the pitching coach and I got a lot better relationship and it just fit me a lot better. And then I actually went there for two years and then I went to Missouri Southern for my final two years. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the move a little bit because, you know, I think uh, nowadays with the NCAA transfer portal, uh, you know, everybody talks about moves yeah. across all sports, but, it, you know, transferring was a little less common then, but yeah. I, I think in some ways baseball was a little ahead of the, ahead of the game. You know, it, it's not unusual for a baseball player to have a transfer at some point. Yeah. So what ended up leading you down to Joplin to go to Missouri Southern State? A big part of it, honestly, was moving because of I liked the school and I knew they wanted me whenever I was in school. And then I actually met what is now my wife and uh, she transferred over there to play volleyball. So I followed her as well. And it kind of switched my roles completely. I went from being a starting pitcher to being where I was more in a relieving role. I started working out a little bit more that year and gained velocity. So they switched me into as a closing position. But uh you know, I think it was that the price of private schooling is a big part of it too. I mean, I went two years at Missouri or at Evangel for the price of what I could go almost for at, uh, you know, it's, it's half the price. So that was a, another portion of it. Yeah, that's a really big, that gets overlooked, I think, sometimes. You know, people assume, oh, he's he's a college athlete. His school must be paid for. Exactly. Just not really understanding how NAIA or Division Two work at all. Yeah. Um, Exactly. So, man, it must have been serious if you were willing to, to change schools for love. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was partially that and partially the, the school, though, too. I had a couple buddies that were there, too. You know, I never saw you pitch in college, but just from looking at some statistics that I was able to dig up, you know, it looked like ERA went down and, and some other numbers got better. You know, other than going from being a starter to a reliever, did your style change too much at Missouri Southern? No, not really. Honestly, I kind of got my experience at Missouri Southern was interesting because I went from Evangel where I think I was throwing up in the you know 90s to almost 100 innings a, a season my my freshman and sophomore year to where I went to Missouri Southern and I kind of had an opportunity at the very beginning of my junior year and I blew like a save and I blew another save just straight out the gate. And then you just got kind of pushed to the back burner. And I think that's an experience that a lot of, I think it's why you see a lot of the transfers, honestly. And, and my pitching coach while I was there was actually saying, you probably do need to transfer and get out of the, this, the, out of it. In his final year at Missouri Southern, Josh Engler appeared in eight games, making one start and pitched a total of 11 innings. He finished with a 4.09 ERA and seven strikeouts. Speaking of guys who have been struck out by Josh Engler, there's been a lot happening lately in the life and career of nationally renowned author and friend of the Burger Bites podcast, Ethan Bryan. Hi everyone, this is Bob Costas, and I'd like to tell you about an interesting new baseball book, A Year of Playing Catch by Ethan Bryan. A Year of Playing Catch is the story of how a lifelong fan was inspired to take a whimsical journey of discovery and the power of our national pastime to forge lasting connections. You can pick up your copy after any Ozark Mountain Ducks game or from your favorite bookseller or online. That's a year of playing catch. And you can find a year of playing catch at ethanbryan.com. That's B-R-Y-A-N.com. 
All told, Josh Engler pitched just 21 innings in two seasons with the NCAA Division II Missouri Southern State Lions. At the same time, Engler was still going to school, continuing his relationship with Ashlyn, whom he would go on to marry, and trying to figure out his next steps in life. In short, he was dealing with the part of college sports that recruiters don't tell athletes about the part where it all ends. It's just, I think you see that can get pushed off to the back, have a bad relationship with your head coach. And I think that is an experience that a lot of people see. It's not always you're the best player and, you know, you're playing collegiate ball is not always the best. So I think that's part of it and not, not talked about a lot too. How tough was it for you to hang in there and stay the course? Yeah, it was tough. I got up to where I was throwing really good. I felt like I was probably at my best form, figured out a lot over just my career. I'm trial by error. And then my pitching coach there, Jason Imicus, was great. He was at Crowder actually last year. Now he's doing his own, you know, lessons and starting his school. And it was tough when you whenever you go from throwing a bunch and being a pretty good player at the NAI level, transferring up. And that was part of my role too, is because whenever I I was doing successful at the NAI level. I was like, well, if I can go and show I'll be successful at a higher level, then I can change a ladder up. But I think that's just being young and not knowing how the, how the game works just yet, honestly. How important is confidence for a young pitcher? Because, I mean, I'm sure yours was tested dramatically. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. No, it's, an, it's immensely important. If you don't have confidence, you can't do it. And I think a lot of people you put on the hat and you can become a different person. I'm very, pretty laid back and like, for the most part, very calm. But whenever I put on the hat and I get on the mound, you can become a different person. And uh, the confidence is is key. And I think it can come in the form of a hat sometimes, you know, you put on a different, you put on your baseball helmet and step into the box, you're, you turn into a different person. I mean, those times when it gets tested is tough, but it's when you push through it and then you can have more confidence after that. And look back on it this one which sometimes you don't see when you're young <laughs> so you ended up getting some more opportunities with missouri southern before your career was done it was not a a total washout as a junior yeah. right yeah so yeah. what what happened when you got back out there no when i got out there senior year and just stayed at it and pushed through i think honestly our season our senior year wasn't what it what it was our junior year we went to super regionals we went up and um, we just had a younger group of guys and uh, i think just the dynamics honestly between our everybody just wasn't there that year just if wasn't clicking our senior year was tough but uh, you know i bounced back you just hone your craft and just focus on your mechanics and what you can handle and what what's in your court so you finished your college career in 2014 is that right correct yeah. So, uh, so then what happens? You've, you're confronted with this reality yeah. that there must be a life after baseball. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that a lot of think a lot of collegiate athletes don't think about or realize you miss out on is a lot of opportunities to do internships or to, you know, be working if you're not working while you're playing a sport, which it's a lot to be an athlete, do your school and have a job or do something that, that is, a, you know, building for after school. But uh, went to work and uh, just kind of got in with the right people at the right times. And, you know, it's, it was challenging taking that transition, that little bubble from collegiate sport to real life is uh, it's a hurdle for sure. But uh, it works out. <laughs> yeah. So did you get into you're in the fuel business? Is that right? 
Yeah, so I'm in the fuel business now. Did you get into uh, that straight after, right after college? No. So okay. right after college, I was working for FedEx, actually, whenever I finished up school. And then from there, I had a friend um, that had a family business. And I went to work for them. Again, just a small town community, knew the right person and um, ended up working for an oil company now. And uh, it's turned out to be a really good deal. It's a good business and always going to be around, I think, and just been blessed. So it's the business of wholesale fuel? Yeah. So I'm over convenience stores. So if a convenience store wants to get branded in Springfield, I could contact them, you know, and, and they pretty much would uh, brand them, you know, Philip 66 or Sinclair or help them out with any of their fuel needs as well. So more of a, a kind of an account manager in that in that sense. So I know people like to point to politicians as controlling gas prices. So as of now, we can say it's actually Josh Engler who's in charge of gas prices. <laughs> no. No, I don't need that. I don't need any of that. So you, no. so you don't actually have a lot of say in what the fuel costs. It's just no. your job to connect the right people together. Yeah, I just connect the right lines right now. So okay. Yeah. So how long have you been in that line of work now? So I've been there for be going on five years now. All right. So then, how did you end up? I guess six years after your last college baseball game, finding the Grip and Rip League in Ozark. So actually, Facebook. My wife found it. And I think I had missed signups the first year. So I tried to sign up, I think it would have been three years now. And I missed the signups. I actually, I emailed Tony and I was like, is there any way I can send in like film or anything? I gave him the bio, but uh, I wasn't able to get down the first year, but uh, I made sure I set it on my calendar and uh, got in it that way. I just, I didn't know anybody that played in it or anything. Just Facebook uh, got me on that one. And I'm glad it did because it's a lot of fun to get to play ball again. <laughs> I have a question I ask everybody. That's coming up in a minute. But I mean, so what were you thinking? Because there's, there's a little bit of a drive from Aurora, Missouri over to Ozark. You know, what were you thinking the day you drove to that first tryout in 2020 on the car ride? Oh, man. You just get giddy again. It's like, I don't know. I remember being in high school that first, like, the first day of baseball practice when you can smell the, it just smells like baseball's in the air. You know, I got that like sense again. That's something that uh, I haven't had. I, I was uh, really nervous. I didn't know what the competition level was going to be like. I didn't know. I knew who Brock Chapman, I looked up the stats and who was there. And I was like, man, there's some players played some high level ball and they're still young. They're in shape. Like <laughs> I was not, I didn't done anything. And uh, so, or they're, they own like a sports complex and have bad, they're in the batting cages and stuff. And I was just, you know, hoping that my arm wasn't going to fall apart after the day after I threw, but uh, you know, it's fun. And then you, when you get to see the the level, I think it, you kind of get in the zone again. It's fun to get that feeling back because you don't get that with any other league or sport that you can play. I, I don't think. Well, I definitely remember your first tryout in 2020, but you know, what do yeah. you remember about it once you actually got out onto the field and, and threw a ball again? Oh, man. So I literally hadn't done anything before that. I played in two slow pitch softball tournaments with my buddy who is going to be playing in the league this year. I'm bringing some, I'm bringing some slingers in, so I'm ready. But uh, I just – it was fun. I wanted to try to figure out – I tried to, to talk to as many people as I could and kind of just – overhear what people were talking about and try to get in and actually ended up playing catch with clay. It was the first person that was the first person I played catch with. And we just kind of hit it off. And then 
it's kind of been something we've continued. I mean, last year at tryouts, we were talking about grips. And then I think it was nice that that was the first person that I ran into. And I think it's a, you know, relationship we've kept growing uh, throughout, but uh, my arm was gassed after the day after. (laughs) Clay Murphy would go on to win the 2020 GRBL MVP award as a member of the Ozark Mountain Ducks, and then win his second championship with the Moon City Mavericks in 2021 the same year that Josh Engler won his MVP with the Locos. That game of catch ended up producing two of the fastest rising stars in the six-year history of the Grip and Rip Baseball League. It's almost like greatness can sense greatness, or at the very least, potential senses potential. Next time, we dive deeper into Josh Engler's second chance at baseball, explore some of the friendships he's formed, and talk about what's next for the reigning MVP in 2022. Until next time, I'm Rance Berger. Good night from Ozark, Missouri. Kicks, steals a slider for a strike. Down goes King Owens. Number four on the day for Josh Engler, number 95 for his career. That's still absurd. Astronomical. (laughs) Jeez.